You're listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert. And I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Take your live calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books which I find interesting. And this week we have a book which was on the New York Times bestseller list last week. And I actually booked the guests long before that, so obviously I know how to pick a winner. (laughs) And there are two authors. The book is called Taming Your Alpha Bitch, How to Be Fierce and Feminine and Get Everything You Want. And the authors are Rebecca Grotto and Christy Whitman. And I have them both on the line. So let me bring them on and find out how we can tame our alpha bitch. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank Thank you. you. Hi. Hello. (laughs) So a little bio. Rebecca Grotto, MFT, is a licensed intuitive psychotherapist, co-founder of the Goddess Retreat, and co-author of the, as I said, New York Times bestselling book, Taming Your Alpha Bitch. Her work is featured with bestselling authors such as Dr. Wayne Dyer, Michael Beckwith, and Anthony Robbins. Christy Whitman is an in-demand life coach, transformational leader, CEO, and founder of the Quantum Success Coaching Academy, a 12-month law of attraction coaching certification program. She's been quoted in 17, Women's World, Women's Day, Teen Vogue, and The Star Ledger. So how did you two come to write this book together? (laughs) Rebecca, you want to take that one? (laughs) Yeah, well, Christy and I have known each other for quite some time, over 15 years. We met at a meditation class. And actually, Christy was the one that came to me and said, you know, she really felt like a lot of the information that we were sort of uncovering and talking about that applied to both of us, um, she just said, "This women need to know this information. We have to write this book together. And, you know, I just jumped on board with her, and I'm so happy that we have because, really, I just think this is very empowering information for women. It's very enlightening, and it's really relevant for today uh, because I think so many women have gotten it right in terms of you know going after their goals and making things happen and breaking through glass ceilings and leveling playing fields. We've been awesome and, and you know, these really powerhouses, but, you know, we're really seeing the backlash of that. We're not feeling happy. We're not feeling as content as we should feel. And and especially as a therapist, I've been a therapist for over 25 years. I see it in my practice. Christy, coach of 10 years, sees it with all of her um, clients that, you know, relationships are really suffering because of this mindset, these behaviors that we we tend to do. So 
yeah, it's. I'm so glad Christy asked me to do the book, and I'm thrilled that we've, we've moved our friendship into a business partnership. Wonderful. So obviously, you know, a very provocative title. Can you explain, uh, I'm sure you can't explain, what exactly is an alpha bitch? Yeah, it's it's a woman that is always, <laughs> she's, she's kind of the more on top one as far as being domineering. She's very controlling, very competitive, and very attention-seeking. We like to call her the drama queen. And she's usually the one that seems to have everybody, you know, the, the power over a lot of other people. And it's like we're talking about in the book. It's, it's not a um, necessarily a good thing and not necessarily, um, you know, a thing that you, you want to have power over people. Just you want to step into your natural power. And the alpha bitch is one that it's, it's like her life is working, but yet it's going, it's like she's overwhelmed. She's, you know, created some type of success in her life. She's, it's gotten her to where she's, where she's gotten to and at this point in her life. But it's time for her to move past these, these tendencies of being, you know, like overbearing and controlling because they're actually preventing her, sabotaging her from having all the success and happiness that she wants. Um, we talk about, like, you might, you know, have uh, power at work but you can't seem to hold down a relationship. Or if you do have a relationship, it's, you know, your, your husband or your partner has definitely left the relationship emotionally or even, you know, the children are, um, you know, not really connected to their mom. And it, it just leaves for, in relationships, a really hard person to connect with and love and, um, you know, be loved by. So how do you think we got here? Because I don't think we would have been talking about the alpha bitch in the 50s. <laughs> No, I mean, I think this was really our evolution as women. I mean, we really were those 50s, you know, apron clad, damsel in distress. You know, that was the definition of femininity. When we look back, that was the archetype. And it's wonderful that we've moved from that, that we've taken that giant evolutionary leap away from submissive, passive, weak. And it's not really, we, you know, Chris and I, don't, we're not fond of saying that we overshot it or we got it wrong. No, 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 no. That was part of our journey. Mm-hmm. I think in order to get where we needed to get, you know, we needed to really sort of exert some force. But I think for most women, we wanted a, a, a better sense of power. We wanted to, you know, sort of step into that place of success. And we looked towards men because they were the ones that held the power back in the 50s, you know, early 60s. So we looked to them and we went, okay, we'll do it their way. And so we've modeled ourselves the way men go after their goals in a very forceful, competitive, you know, way. And and it's like, okay, it got us to where we needed to go. Again, I, I said it earlier, we've broken through glass ceilings, we've leveled playing fields, but now we're also finding ourselves um, – you know, unfulfilled, dissatisfied, depression is huge, Mm -hmm. anxiety huge amongst women, and their relationships aren't really working, and they're coming to us saying, we've gotten the things we want in life, so why are we so unhappy? And we see this at our Goddess Weekend that we do twice a year. We have one coming up in March, and women, you know, tell us this all the time. So what we're saying to them is it's excellent that we've sort of gotten to where we are, but we need to not stop here. We need to move beyond into the next step of our journey, which will be not backtracking, you know, not slipping back by any means in terms of all the success that we want. It's about taking it to that next level where we have success coupled with total personal empowerment and fulfillment. 
Um, why do you think that today's women have so much trouble embracing their femininity? Do you think it's because they have so few role models of people that are embracing their femininity? That's exactly it. You know, it's like we, if you look at, you know, the women that have certain types of power, it's like because they, they don't have this feminine power. It's, it, this is really a, a new wave of moving into um, beyond just being an alpha bitch. And there isn't a lot of role models. There, there are some, but just not, you know, we don't see that um, typically in our families. We don't see that in the corporate world. So it's hard to, like Rebecca was saying, it's hard to find a role model, and the, and the men really were the role models of how to become successful and powerful. Um, yeah, I mean, I've often wondered about that, you know, because you hear about these guys being ruthless in business, et cetera, et cetera, and then I always wondered, wow, do I have to be ruthless in order to succeed? Right. Well, that's the misconception. I think, you know, we don't realize that we can actually get everything we want, and Chris and I, you can get so much further you know, from a feminine, authentic standpoint, the fear within us is that if I back off, if I actually rest in my feminine power, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to become that damsel in distress again. I don't want to be seen as weak or passive. So it's almost like we're going through life. I always say at the end of our leash, like little barking, mm -hmm. yapping pit bulls. You know? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's no fun. It pushes people away if we really break it down like we do in our book. And you really stop and look at the effects that has. It's not serving you. It's pushing people away. It's ruining relationships. You might have some level of success, but I really think it's, it's a misconception that we're going to get the things that we want from this, um, from this attitude. And it's e an even bigger misconception that we won't get the things we want if we don't go at it like a pit bull. Um, yeah, and I think we see a great example of that in the reality shows. As you mentioned in your book, it seems like all the women, or probably 99% of them on reality shows, are coming from their alpha bitch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm a reality show queen. Uh -huh, me too. <laughs> I'm going to admit it right here on the air. <laughs> I know every reality show. I love The Real Housewives, yes. but they're all beautiful research for our book because you see them being forceful. You see the claws coming out and the competitiveness mm -hmm. and the relationships, the friendships that it ruins. You see, I think it was just last week, one of them is like telling her new boyfriend what to pack for a trip. What right. Close to where, of course, the ones she bought him. And, and it was like, oh, my God, you're treating him like a three-year-old. Right. Are you kidding me? So, yeah, we see it. And then the drama, of course, with all these reality housewives, you know, it's amazing. It's, it's literally laid out in front of us, yeah, and all the ways we can go wrong. Yeah, and what's interesting is that a lot of these women that go on these shows, they end up getting divorced. Isn't that funny? Coincidence? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I know. I mean, I love the Housewives of Orange County. So maybe, you know, it's possible that maybe they feel they have to put an extra on for the camera since they're on TV and they need to up the ante. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's discuss. You have some different, different types of bitches in the book. We're going to be saying that word a lot on this show. <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at, least I, at least I am. Um, okay, so let's discuss the controlling alpha. So who is she? Do you want to go, Rebecca? 
No, go, Christy. Okay. Well, the controlling alpha is, is a woman that has to have it basically her way, and it's the only way. It's like there's no other way to do it. She, she doesn't allow for, it's a perfect word, she doesn't really allow for the people in her life to be who they are, um, get things done the way they need to get it done. It needs to be her way on her time. So she's always kind of directing everybody as to what's right and how they need to do it, and, and it's really based on her agenda and her schedule. And so, um, you know, a lot of us can really relate to the, the controlling alpha. Um, for example, you'd be in your car with your partner and all of a sudden they, you know, he decides to go left when he, you needed to him to go right or you thought he should go right because that's the way to go, even though there's many other ways of arriving at your destination. And then we start getting all over the, our partner. Well, why'd you go that way? Why did you, why did you go, you know, why did you turn this way? It's quicker this way. And, you know, and then we start kind of commanding and telling him what's the right way to go what's the only way to go so that's the controlling alpha yeah. yeah we can be so micromanaging you know we get used to doing that as mothers maybe even in our careers but we don't realize that that seeps into our relationships with our partners we're telling them what to do and the the problem with that is we send a very clear message to our mates that is you're incompetent and i don't trust you to handle things without my guidance so it doesn't really make for a very satisfying, healthy relationship. In the long run, what it does, and, you know, again, Christine and I see this over and over in our practices, the men get tired of being criticized. They get tired of being micromanaged. They get tired of being nagged at and nitpicked. And so they start to take a back seat. They may not leave the relationship necessarily uh, physically, but they definitely leave it emotionally. And this is one of the hu- biggest complaints we hear from women is he's checked out. He doesn't show up anymore in the relationship. He doesn't, he's not a man. He's not taking charge. And it's like, of course not. You've groomed him to be, you know, sort of one of the children. And then the problem is as women, we feel so alone. We don't feel supported. We feel like we're doing everything. We get in the car, we're driving, we have the directions, we have the, you know, the diaper bag packed and we're angry at our spouses, but you know, we have to real we have to realize that it's not all their fault. We're sort of when we're coming at them like a Kate Gosselin, you know, we're we're controlling everything. We're not giving them space for their opinions, their ideas, their way to do things. So um, it really is, it's it's toxic. Control is such a toxic factor in relationships. Yeah, and very common, very very yes. common. Yes, and I was going to say, I think also a lot of women probably probably don't even realize they're doing it. Right. Um, a friend of mine, you know, uh, she was married and the, her husband and her, they were planning a vacation. And so they discussed it. And then um, before he even had a chance to do anything, you know, to look at flights, et cetera, et cetera, you know, she did it all. And she presented it to him thinking that he'd be happy. And he was not happy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and she said, so, you know, uh, no, I was say, she's, you know, so she started to think, oh, he's so controlling. And then I'm like, no, no, he's not the one that's controlling. You're the one that's controlling. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, it was so funny, just earlier today, I was looking at a rerun from that Bethany Gets Married, uh-huh. oh, and, and, and she was saying, you know, she was so overwhelmed, God bless her, she's like, I'm, I'm pregnant, I'm planning a wedding, I've got a book due, and she's just freaking out, and he said, the truth is, I would love to help you, but any little thing you give me, you won't fully let go, and you're going to be all over it. You won't let me handle things on my own. So I thought, isn't that the dilemma most women face? Like, we, we want help, we want support, but we're not willing to let go 
and turn it over to somebody else. We're, we're so afraid that without our input, things will fall horribly apart. And, and that's the key is that we talk about in Taming Your Alpha Bitches. The solution to that is to come back to a very trusting place within ourselves, for our partners, for life, when we can learn to trust that everything's okay. You know, the world will keep spinning mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. on its axis, even if we're not the ones spinning it. When we really can relax, we actually start to enjoy life. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, the book also discusses um, certain uh, natural laws, universal laws, and with each alpha bitch, you assign it uh, a law. And so with the controlling alpha, you discussed the law of a tr- uh, law of allowing. So, what is that, and how does that apply to helping the controlling alpha? Well, the law of allowing is is really where you feel like there's least re- like no resistance, and resistance is you know doubt, fear, and basically any lower level emotion. So, for example, when you know you can just accept people who they are, and maybe you don't approve of necessarily, but accept uh, situations and people who they are. That gets you in more of an allowing space. But when you're feeling fear and doubt and, you know, like just um, frustration and just all those lower-level emotions, we're in resistance and we're not in an allowing place. If, however, going back to, like, um, you know, the example of driving in the car, you just sit back, enjoy the ride, and trust that you're going to get to your destination, that your partner is intelligent and he has the wherewithal to get you to where you need to go, you sit back and you don't have to have your fake steering wheel trying to drive the car with him and your fake brakes. You know, it's like, you know, allow yourself to just sit back and really that's being a passenger, allow yourself. Now, you know, when we go, oh, well, I can't just like sit back and allow things to happen because then nothing would ever get done. We're not saying don't take action in your life. It's that the action that you do take, you don't have to have it from a very constricted kind of place. It's more of an expanded space that trusting that I'm taking these actions, I'm moving forward, I'm doing what I have to do, and all things are going to fall into place. Yeah, you know, I, I, I saw this law of allowing coming to play when I went to the Caribbean a few months ago for my birthday week, and uh, it was just amazing because, you know, I, of course, you know, I'm on vacation, so I'm not really trying to do anything, I'm just trying to have fun, and every, the things that were just coming together by themselves, it was, I mean, it totally made me believe in, in the universal laws um, you know, like one night we were on our way to a nightclub and then my girlfriend needed to stop at the ATM and it happened to be across from a comedy club that we had been trying to find. So we decided to go to the comedy club first before going to the ATM, um, going to the uh, nightclub. And we had a, so a ton of fun there. And also then we met a guy who ended up being a taxi driver. So then he took us to the other clubs. You know, he paid, he bought me champagne for my birthday. And then he, uh, you know, took us to um, the next day to the... Um, ferry to go to the other island he picked us up when we came back a few days later he took me to the airport um you know and i could just go on and on about all the things that happened on the trip and we didn't have to try to do anything we were just in a very uh, happy and calm state we weren't trying to control and everything just came together easily that's it that's exactly it and it and like christy said i love what you know what you said christy it said women have this fear that if they're not controlling the whole thing, they're going to revert to being this passive doormat. But yeah. that's not your experience, right? It's like it's trusting no. that I can speak up when I need to. I can take the wheel if need be. If he's veering off into the ditch, certainly I would speak up. But, but it's like being able to relax 
and let go. And, and it's like maybe maybe he took a different route, but what if it was, ended up being just a perfect, beautiful experience? You know, so what you're just describing is exactly the law of allowing when we're not holding on so tight. Christy always has a cute example of like a cat on a curtain, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like hanging on so dear life, yeah. you know. There's this huge yeah. enjoyment of life, and you're often surprised at how beautifully life unfolds all on its own. Yeah. yeah. That's just it. It's like a way to think of, like, the alpha bitch in many aspects is that, you know, she's spinning. She's like the Tasmanian devil. It's like, got to do, got to do, got to do, and I got to, you know, it's like she's out of control spinning because it's like she feels the world is on her shoulders. She's got to do laundry. She's got to do this. she got to do You know, it's like, oh, she's spinning. And she cannot connect with anybody when she's spinning, including herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She can't connect with her own joy. Yeah. That's it, Christy. That was beautifully said. It's like we're pushing, you know, everything away from us, including our own happiness and our joy and our peace of mind and our contentment and the support from everybody around us. It wants to come in. It Mm -hmm. wants to, you know, be there for us. They want to be there for us, but they can't get near us when we're you know, it's like a little pit bull. Nobody wants to get their hand in there to love you. Nope. <laughs> they just, they're just going to keep a safe distance. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so then another <laughs> alpha bitch that you mentioned is the competitive alpha. So who is she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just love her, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I used to be her, and I'm Uh-oh. so, you know, can I can I just say, Rebecca, you, you take the next two, because so. this is such a near and dear part to my heart. This is one of the reasons <laughs> why we, we wrote this book, because I was ridiculously competitive, wow. and it really it was how I was raised. It's like you compare yourself to every single person. There was constantly a scorecard in my head. Who's got the biggest diamond ring? Who's got the smallest butt? Who could do the best downward dog in yoga (laughs) class? You know, who's got the biggest house? Who who has more money? Who's got a husband that's more successful? It was constantly Mm. in my head comparing myself. How am I doing compared to everybody else? And it's exhausting. And so many women do this. And it is ridiculous. And so many women actually won't even admit to themselves they do this. And the problem is, is that when you're doing it, you're so focused on other people, you're not focused on your own goals. Plus, your, your self-esteem is based on how am I doing now compared to somebody else. If someone now has a, a new, the newest Michael Kors bag, you know, oh, now they're better than I am, so now I feel bad about myself. But if, hey, if I've got the newest Michael Kors bag, I guess I'm doing pretty great. So it's like there's no – you don't have a sense of self-esteem. It's based on how you're doing compared to everybody else. And you're constantly going up and you're down and you're up and you're down. You're not in this constant state of fulfillment from within – and it really is coming from a place of lack. You, you just don't feel like who you are, what you have, and, and you know, just the, the connection that you have to life itself is enough. Well, it's exhausting because, yeah. our, you know, when we're coming from a competitive place, we believe that our happiness is intimately tied to everything outside of ourselves. And in relationships, you know, the funny thing is we can even do that with our partners mm-hmm. and not realize that we're doing that. So, you know, we're competing with them in sports, we're competing with them, you know, in terms of our paychecks, we're competing with them, you know, out to dinner, if people are giving him attention, we may have to jump in and get the, you know, spotlight away from him. 
with the kids who, you, who, the, who the kids love the the kids like daddy or mommy better you know it's exactly. always a competition. yeah yeah and, and he's how is he going to trust where's the trust in the relationship you know he he's going to feel that i mean I, th- I think the thing that women are kind of famous to do is we'll compare him against other guys mm-hmm. you know again yeah. mm-hmm. you know whose yeah. husband whose boyfriend is cuter and it's like does this does not breed for a good relationship yeah, can I <laughs> yeah say it really does yeah can i just say something oh, i have yeah. a very dear friend she's she's amazing and i would definitely not consider her an alpha bitch in any way shape or form she really is just such a amazing woman and this kind of you know it's like again we don't even realize we do this she just had a baby and her, you know, her, her guy basically told her up front, listen, do not expect me to do anything with the baby. I'm not going to change diapers. I will go and make the money. I will do the old-fashioned way. But basically, I'm, I, I'm just not one of those guys. I'm not going to, you know, be involved in, in poopy diapers and all that kind of stuff. Just expect it. And she was, like, totally accepting of it. I've got it. I'm happy to do it, blah, blah, blah. And then once she had the baby, you know, and, and literally it was her getting up, Every couple of hours, she knew very well that he wasn't going to do it. She then started comparing him to my husband. Mm. Well, you know, you're not a Frederick, and actually started saying that to him. And I was like, whoa, 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 you cannot compare your guy to my guy because my guy's very involved in that. But your guy does stuff that my guy doesn't. So it's like it's, it's, so, it's so, like, it just cuts it, frankly, it just cuts their balls off when you, when women do that. Mm-hmm. When they start feeling like, oh, now I'm less than. I'm doing all this, and I'm showing up for you here. But I, I but I'm I already warned you that I'm not this kind of person. Now you're comparing me with some other guy. It's like I'm not enough for you. And the guy always ends up feeling like, well, no matter what I do, it's never enough. And so why they stop trying to please you? Yeah. So what's the driving force behind this kind of behavior? It's it's lack. It's lack and limitation that, you know, so in this example of my friend, she's wanting help. She's feeling like she's not having enough help. She's lacking in some area of her life. So now she's comparing, Mm -hmm. you know, if you would be like him, then you would be enough. And it's coming from a lack perspective. Instead of being fulfilled and satisfied and, and feeling happy with who he is and how he is showing up, it's like the comparative mind goes into that. I mean, we're so entrenched in that in our society. I mean, it's like just look at the advertising that we have. It's like unless you have this new purse or these new shoes or this new car, or this new whatever, this new makeup line, this new anti-wrinkle cream, mm-hmm. you know, you're not enough. And it's really our society is so ingrained in we don't think there's enough good guys out there. We don't think there's enough, you know, time in the day. We don't think there's enough opportunities at work. It's like it's not enough. There's never enough. And the truth is, is that our universe really is abundant. You know, it's like you can look at nature to see how our universe actually is, how it operates. I mean, you know, you look at a starry sky one night, a clear, clear night one night, and you can see that you can't count the amount of stars that are in the sky. You can't count the ounces of water that are in the ocean or how many times the waves crash up against the shore. It's, too, it, there's, it's an abundant amount. And we've bought into a lie that there's just not enough. Yeah, um... yeah, competition is really based in insufficiency, mm-hmm. and and like Christy's saying, not enough. But what happens in our relationships is that rather than acting like teammates, we start acting like adversaries. You know, we we're bickering. There's power struggles. There's we start jabbing at our partners, and you know, it's just, it it just 
it really just, you know, this need to be superior, whether it's with our partners, with our friends, at work, you know, it, it, it really just, I think it just isolates us from all the support, all the camaraderie, whether it's with girlfriends or, or with our partners or even with our children. It really just isolates us as women from the support that is really just so ever important. It's our nourishment. And we, we literally cut ourselves off from all of that and then wonder why we're depressed or anxious. Why do you think there's so much competition amongst women? I think Christy hit the nail right on the head. I mean, consumerism is based in. In order to sell you on something um, more, they have to really let you know that you're lacking. You know, it's like you're not thin enough, you're, you're not um, tan enough, you're, you don't have enough. I mean, you know, it's based in that. And so we're really buying into it that, oh, my gosh, I need more. I may have 100 handbags, but I need one more. Uh Or I don't have this, you know, latest handbag. Or I don't have, you know, it's it's sort of that really ridiculous notion that, you know, there's always something better. And it keeps us in in that perpetual rat race. You know, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it's like you you feel for a a moment like, I got it. And then sure enough, somebody walks by who's skinnier, you know, and it's like, damn it. (laughs) No, I have to get, I have to try harder. You know, and it's I think as women, we have to really just recognize that that's part of our culture. It's the insanity of consumerism, but at some point we need to be wiser and and really, I mean, again, we're seeing it laid out in front of us with these reality shows, whether Mm -hmm. it's the Mm -hmm. Kardashian sisters who love each other so much, you see the love there, but then you see the competition going on between them or the housewives. It's insane, you know, and starting to see that and I'm, I'm I think our hope is that women recognize it's just not on TV what part of me is doing that what part of me is being a mom competitor at the playground you know what part of me sort of recoils inward when somebody tells me their kid just got into this prestigious college what part of me you know goes from feeling confident and beautiful until somebody walks into the restaurant who's oh so sleek and you know, and uh, put together. Um, or if my husband's eyes happen to, you know, kind of have a little twinkle when, when she walks by, do I like cave in on myself? You know, so it's really just recognizing that part of ourselves and and starting to really do the work that we talk about in Taming Your Alpha Bitch. It's really starting to come from, as women especially, a more collaborative place, working together standing with and for each other, <clears throat> you know, finding our own inner perfection and, and not feeling like we always have to improve. It's, it's really what Christy was saying. It's, it's working on that part of us that is enough. We are enough as we are. And that has nothing to do with not wanting to go out and have goals and have aspirations, but really coming from a place of sufficiency within. Um, yeah, you know, I was speaking with my, with my girlfriend last night, and she's very beautiful, and she was, um, you know, she happened to mention Giselle Bunchen, <laughs> and she's like, well, how mm-hmm. come she gets to be a supermodel, and she gets to marry Tom Brady, and, she, you know, she's married with a kid, and she seems to have everything, and meanwhile, you know, I'm just as beautiful, but, you know, I can't find a relationship, and I'm still trying to figure out what to do with work, so what would you say to someone like that? Well, it's probably, I mean, it's not the only thing, but it's probably one of the issues that she has is that she's, 
you know, comparing herself to someone else. And then, and obviously, you know, we try to compare ourselves to celebrities sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. look at like Kim Kardashian, well, she's got all this and she's got all that money. We end up feeling bad about ourselves. And that's what comparing ourselves does. I mean, she, instead of this woman looking at her own life and saying, what are my attributes? What are, you know, what's good about me? What's good in my life? You know, she's probably comparing herself to other women and other things in other aspects of her life. So, you know, if she's doing this, that just imagine what she does when she is in a relationship with a man. How does she compare him with another person's, uh, you know, husband or, you know, where, where is he not measuring up? Yeah. Yeah. It's like we have to kind of look be, behind this, you know, the smoke and mirrors and realize that, you know, it's it's obviously not all, uh, you know, roses and lollipops in the Kardashian marriage. We got a good taste of that. But it's not all roses and lollipops in, you know, Giselle's life either. You know, it, it's like it, it, what we see and then what we end up projecting is that other people's lives are so perfect or mm-hmm. so much easier than ours. Right. And, and it's really, I don't know that that's the truth. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting because you just actually reminded me of something that she used to do. She doesn't do it anymore. She's probably listening. I've told her to listen to the show. But uh, a few years ago, um, you know, because speaking about competition, you know, she would get new things for the house and she'd say, hey, how, how do you like my new table? It only costs $200. How do you like my new sunglasses? I only paid 250 for them. And it's like she would give the price of everything. And I'd be like, wow, why is she doing that? Right. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. And we do it all the time. And again, you know, I think we get what we put out there in, in, you know, we all are starting to sort of understand universal laws, law of attraction, you know, you get what you give. And, and so if you're coming always from this place of insufficiency or insecurity, you tend to not attract back into your life good things. But when you feel fulfilled, you know, it's like, I'm happy, I'm happy with my life. And and we're, we, it's almost like a training of your mind to um, come from a place of what's right about yourself and your life instead of what's wrong and missing. And, and it's, it's just, I just think it's sort of, you know, training ourselves to do that. Like in this moment, yes, there's things that I want. There's, again, goals and aspirations that I have. But when I wake up in the morning and as I walk through my day, can I look around and go, I'm content, I'm happy. I'm happy with the way things are in my life. I'm happy with where I am instead of going, oh, you know, my thighs are still so fat. I still need this. I, you know, it's like, I think as women, we've just gotten in a bad habit. And we, mm-hmm. and we need to just be conscious of that and work on that. And, and as we come from a place of sufficiency, things, I think, just show up in our lives, and, you know, in a, in a magical. And, and if not, it, it's like we're, at least we're happier. <laughs> right. So yeah. I, I always say I love the fact that as I get older, my eyesight is getting worse. So I tend to think that I'm still looking really good. Right. <laughs> yeah, but and, and to that point, Rebecca, that's a great point. It's like it doesn't mean we don't have goals or we don't strive for, you know, achieving something else or, you know, wanting to, you know, feel better about ourselves or whatever it is. It doesn't mean that we just go, oh, I'm so sufficient and then I don't ever want. We're, we're desire-seeking desire beings. We're always going to want, you know, something else we're always going to want to achieve something but it's the the approach that we take if we're if we're trying to move towards something because we're not enough or that we're running away from something or that you know something's missing so now I got to go get this um, it makes success a lot harder and then it's always like you get the success and it's like all right well next, what's the next thing because I only feel better I only feel good for a, a minute it's mm-hmm. almost like an addiction yeah 
you know, and Mm -hmm. instead of really coming from that fulfilled place and feeling that what I have right now is enough, and you know what, that would be a unique experience. I'd like to experience what that would be like too. And then you move towards your goals, but you're coming at it not because this thing is going to make me better or make me more special or make me more fulfilled, but you're coming, moving towards it because it's like, ooh, that'd be a cool, neat experience. I want to move towards that. It's a very different energy. Right. And as women, as women, what we can do is use each other as inspiration instead of competition. So let's say Mm -hmm. Christy um, accomplishes something. And rather than looking at her and going, you bitch, <laughs> what a bitch, you know, um, and or finding all the things wrong with her to make myself feel better, mm-hmm. I can look at her and go, okay, girl, how'd you get there? Right. Show yeah. me. Will you help me? And her response would probably be, of course, it'd be my absolute pleasure to help you. So if we start to use one another as inspiration, hey, you just booked this fabulous vacation. How did you do that? Can you help me? I might just find that, oh, my God, absolutely. Let me give you the link here and book it for yourself. So, you know, again, we say in the book, you know, we can move from competition, which is so corrosive to the spirit of women. It's just so bad for us. We can begin to work together in a more collaborative venue and and work from a place of inspiration. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, when I see a, a beautiful woman, I don't get uh, intimidated. In fact, I'll, like, stare at her because I'm trying to, you know, ingrain in my mind, okay, okay, what is it that she has that's making me, you know, look at her or find her fascinating? You know, is it the way she's dressed, the way she carries herself, her makeup? And so that's I take it as a learning experience rather than as someone to, you know, hate. Yeah. You know, it, it's amazing. We, we, Rebecca and I run a weekend called um, the Goddess Weekend. It's actually, we're doing one in March in Napa, California. And um, it, it's amazing because the women, when they come out of that weekend, they're just so glowing because they're so, in so much in alignment with themselves and, and they're just radiating such great energy. And it's, it's funny because, you know, it, the people in their lives either have two kind of reactions. They're either like, what did you do? Oh, my God. It's like you got a facelift or it's like, you know, what ha- what happened to you? Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And they're like, it's, you know, it's like they want to be inspired. They want, what did you do? I want, I want what you got kind of thing. And then there's other reactions where people are like, you know, trying kind of like competing with them. And it's amazing because the women from the weekends, they know that it's like, okay, that's their issue. I'm not going to buy into their competition because sometimes we get, you know, people that try to compete with us. And it's like, how do, how do we as women react to that? Do we buy into that and start competing back? Or do we, you know, know that the person is now coming from a very much a lack perspective and how could we, you know, help this woman to feel better about herself? But it's it's always amazing that um, you know the women really just radiate this this amazing energy out, and they they look different. They you know people respond very differently to them, and you can tell how they're responding by how another person's feeling within their them own in themselves. You know whether they're coming from lack and they're like trying to compete with them, or whether they're like really just being inspired, like oh my gosh, when's this next weekend? I want to go too. You know. I'm glad you brought that up, Christy, because one of the things Christy and I talk about a lot is how we react when other women have competed with us throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. Christy used to sort of go into um, competition mode back. It's like, you're coming at me, I'm going to go at you even harder. And I used to actually um, recoil. I would Mm -hmm. stop shining. Like I learned in my life that when I felt other people, other women especially, um, 
you know, coming down on me for shining in my life, I knew bad things were going to happen. So I'd instantly dummy down. I'd start cracking jokes, being self-deprecating, and I sort of like pulled all of my, you know, brilliance back in that moment, whether it was in high school, junior high, whatever. But what I've really learned, you know, in writing this book with Christy is that rather than going after women or like not shining, you know, kind of shutting down our light. You know, what I do is when I feel other women competing with me, um, what I just say to myself is I must be doing something well because I'll just, in, in my mind, turning it, turn it around as, um, you know, they're coming at me not to hurt me. That's their own insecurity. They're coming at me because I'm doing something well. So let me just be a teacher of this. Let me continue to shine my light. So it's been really helpful for me because I think I did dummy down a lot in my life. And I don't think any of us win when we do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the, way, the way I deal with women that start to compete with me mm-hmm. is that I realize that they're coming from lack and that they're in a space of fear because they're feeling like they're not enough. And so I always kind of go to that place now and forget, for example, if it's like, my mother-in-law trying to compete for the intention of my my husband, you know, I I can instantly shift her by saying, you know, you really did an amazing job with, with, Mm -hmm. you know, with your, with, with Frederick. I mean, he's just really such an amazing man. You really did such a great job as a mother. And you could see it's like, it fills her up. She feels better. She, even if it's just for a moment and, you know, it's like the competition ends there. Or, um, I was married, uh, prior and my, um, a future or a, excuse me my past husband had a um my future husband, yeah. my past husband had a um son from a previous marriage and so it was kind of like a stepmom kind of situation and where it was like the ex-wife and then you know the new wife and it, it could have been really one of those situations where you know I could see she was very insecure because I was going to be spending mm-hmm. time with now her son who was very young and the minute I kind of got that from her, I just would really play to that to her and say, you know, hey, I'm not here to take over Ryan's life at all. You know, it's like, get you're the mom, it's your rules. And, you know, he's, you've done such a great job. He's such a great kid. And I could tell she just stopped trying to, like the claws were, were retracting mm-hmm. instead of coming out. And it, it's just a good technique that, you know, it, it, when you see a woman is really insecure and coming from a place of fear, if you can um, help validate her and maybe see that, you know, she is doing a good job in whatever, whatever role it is, right. that does help them relax. Right. Okay, so let's discuss quickly one final alpha, and that would be the disruptive alpha. So who is she? <laughs> you want me to take this one, Christy? Yeah, please do. <laughs> well, she's, you know, we all have a little bit of a, we call her our inner Scarlett O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Our, you know, she, it's sort of that part of us that, is a drama queen. We create tension, discord. We know we're looking for the limelight. We're looking for attention. So, you know, there's plenty of times in our life where we're just feeling maybe a little undernourished. And so we'll go out there and we'll just be a little bit of a, you know, can we say it, shift disturber? You know what I mean? We're just, whether we're gossiping or we're just sort of starting fires in our life, it's almost like we're, you know, we're just needing attention and we find ourselves doing anything to to get that limelight and so again this isn't we you know we're not we're not trying to make this be like oh that's her she's the drama because we all have a little bit of that forceful alpha in us we have a little bit of that controlling alpha we Mm -hmm. might even have a little bit of competitive alpha and i think for a lot of us we'll admit that there are times that we 
started stuff um, with our girlfriends, you know, with our maybe even at work, um, talked behind somebody's back, got things stirred up. And so it's just that part of ourselves. But we're really looking, too, at how these affect our relationships. And, and I, I think guys are so turned off mm-hmm. by the drama yes. that women bring. Like I see yes. it even in reality shows where – it's this beautiful, intimate moment that you can have with your partner, and then she starts talking about, and then, and then she said this, and, and then you, you see his eyes glaze over, <laughs> and it's like, guys don't like drama, and yet we tend to do this a lot as women. So it's something we have to kind of just watch, like, why? What is this feeding within me? Do I feel better about myself when I'm putting somebody else down, or do I feel like I'm not alive and enough if there's not, you know, tension around me. You know, it's, it's just interesting. It's like, can I be at peace with serenity and tranquility and calmness in my life? And I think for a lot of people, they feel very um, insecure. They feel anxious when things are too smooth. It's that old expression like, oh, my gosh, things are going too well. Mm-hmm. When, when's the other shoe going to drop? Right. You know, okay. so we don't feel comfortable when things are going well in our lives and smoothly. Uh, So what's the driving force behind her behavior? Is it just insecurity? Yeah. Christy, you want to speak to that? I think so. I think it's, um, you know, yeah. Did you want to say something? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I definitely think it's that need for attention because there's this inner feeling that without attention, I'm invisible. I'm not here. Mm -hmm. I need to be heard. I need to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm not the one that everybody's talking about, if I'm not the one that everybody's looking at, I feel invisible. I feel like there's not enough of me. And so that's such an indication when we're going there that we need to go in and not get validation from without, but validation from within. Really, that's the signal to say, you know, I, you know, who am I? Where am I undernourishing myself? Do I need to take time to acknowledge who I am so that I'm not kind of <laughs> whoring myself out there to get that attention? <laughs> oh, she didn't say that. Uh-oh. Did she really say that? <laughs> you, you know what I think but, is... But, what, what I think is interesting is, you know, when they do the reunion shows on the, you know, going back to, of course, our favorite show, The Housewives, and, uh, <laughs> and all the women are sitting there. They're just, you know, beautiful makeup, beautiful dresses, expensive clothes and shoes, and they look so classy and pristine, and then they open their mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. They start table flipping. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's it. That's it. And they're just... It's just like you're you're looking at a junior high lunchroom. Now, uh, now uh, blah, blah. they're talking over one another. They're disrespecting one another. Oh, it's horrible. But it's this inner need to almost feel valuable, validated, to win the argument. To yeah. You know, so it's it's just interesting. It's like as women, what's the solution? Again, when we realize that we're the ultimate nourishment we have is to come from within, to be to get used to calmness and tranquility because, you know, Christian, I see this all the time. You will never hit your goal as long as there's chaos and confusion in your life. It's very hard to get to your goals. I mean, we, we use this example in the book of think about being, in, you know, in, in a, on an ocean where the waves are just crashing all around you. It would be very hard to hit your destination. It would be so much easier um, 
with smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. If the seas are very calm, you know exactly where you want to go, and you're going to have a much easier time of hitting that goal versus all of the chaos and confusion. We don't know what we want. We, it's, there's, it's hard to have clarity in our lives. Um, we're just always putting out fires rather than being very proactive through a space of calmness and serenity. So that, that I think, is one of the behaviors that really holds women back a lot, and that's drama. Mm-hmm. And, and we, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. so your, your, yeah. web, your website is alphabitchbook.com. And uh, you mentioned a workshop or a goddess retreat you're going to have in March. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Sure. Yeah, it's going to be at the Meritage uh, Resort in Napa, California. And we've been doing this, what, our fourth year, Rebecca. And um, it's just we really take people through, women through, what the essential um, essential elements of being fierce and feminine are, of really stepping into that goddess space where, you know, you can manifest what you want. And just a really cool, cool story is we take everybody not only through, like, teaching them, but it, they get to experience the energy of what it feels like to shift from being, you know, controlling to allowing, as an example. And we actually do a manifestation process. And the very first um, goddess that we did, Rebecca and I put, we did one together. We did, a, um, it's kind of like a little ritual. And we, we, we put in that we wanted to get a publisher for our book. And a month later, we had a publisher that literally came to us and was like ready to sign the deal like immediately. Wow. Um, there was no, it was just, it was so magical the way it happened. This, and, can I just um, say something? This was after many, many years oh, of trying yeah. to get a publisher. Wow. So it was pretty miraculous. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And in and, and going through like, okay, we might have a publisher and then they fell through, and they, oh, this might be published, and then they fell through. I mean, real mm-hmm. ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. So to have this just like, boom, we got a publisher, you know, solidified. Here it was. It was a publisher for Alphabet. They are amazing. So, um, and then the last time we did The Goddess, we said, okay, book's coming out. We want to be New York Times bestselling authors. We want Taming Alphabet to be a New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. And that also has happened. That's so right. it's pretty amazing and uh we have a lot of reports of that from from women that have um you know attended the weekend and really stated something that they wanted during the manifestation process so it's it's just a really life changer it's a really transformative weekend because women get to really get into the sense of what it feels like to be first and feminine and from an experiential level and you know really how to take this back into their lives how to what does that look like at work what does it look like in relationships what does it look like parenting i mean even to like what does it look like when eating you know having sex i mean it's like what does that what is that like in your life so that you can really fully become integrated into that when you go home okay. so wonderful well thank you so much um, um that sounds fantastic again the book is taming your alpha bitch how to be fierce and feminine and get everything you want on the New York Times bestseller list. You've manifested it. Congratulations, and thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay. That was a lot packed into uh, one show. I hope you learned something. I'm sure you did. So thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, My website is theartoflove.net, where you can sign up for my free weekly newsletter. My book is at lessonsoflove.net, and the book is called Lucia's Lessons of Love. And until next time, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. 
You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. 